the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. Hi there, and welcome. This is our number two for Lifeline, the Truth For Today edition with Pastor Phil Howard. Truth For Today, heard Monday through Friday here on KFAX, 5.30 in the morning, and then Sundays at 8.30. Great way to start the day. If you'd like to join the conversation tonight, as always, lines are open. You're you're welcome to chime in if you've got uh, something you want to talk about tonight. 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Our discussion is somewhat surrounding what to do in the new year, according to Ephesians 5.15. How do we live our lives to the glory of Christ, and how do we do that effectively? And uh, This past uh, few minutes, we've been taking a look at, all right, if, if you're confused and if you're not sure what you want to do in the new year, well, sit down and itemize it all out and get yourself a list going. Is it prayer, reading, marriage, finances, fatherhood? Uh, friendships, uh, better work ethic, do your list and then prioritize it. That was number two. And we, before we went to the uh, top of the hour break, we were looking at uh, how you schedule all of that once you've prioritized it. And, and also the fact that once you've scheduled it and you get into that schedule, you may want to massage it a bit, yes. readjust and, and make some changes just to accommodate uh, the dynamics of what's going on. So that takes us, uh, Phil, to your fourth point. So we've we've itemized what we want to do, we've prioritized it, and then we've set our schedule on it. What's next? The next one, it sounds just so simple, and it is, it's just called discipline. Oh, no, and, no, 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 no. And, and, and let's just... That's work. a bad word. It's a bad word. Oh. And notice how it works. You You use it in reverse. We've gone four points. Discipline yourself to keep the schedule you set. Nobody set this but you. Keep your schedule that meets your priorities, that reaches your objectives. And uh, and so that means you may go to bed earlier because you've determined you're going to get up earlier to pray 30 minutes or whatever before you, you know, whenever you said it, I discipled a two couple of men that uh, I didn't think they were ready to be elders years ago. And one re- worked as a chemist and the other uh, was a uh, fireman. And I made them meet with me every week at, a, at six in the morning before they went to work. We stayed in the word and prayer for an hour and a half. And they did it for two years, became elders. Uh, I did Timothy class with guys. Hey, if they wanted it, it was there. And guess what? Uh, there's reward for the discipline. There's mm. re- uh, before I was a, a, a uh, knew how to preach, I made this vow to have a prayer life so much a day. I, I didn't know how to preach, but doors kept opening. 
Uh, and I finally taught myself how to do a sermon by reading other Presbyterians and Southern. How did they do homiletics? How did they make a sermon? But in the meantime, God said, your problem isn't speaking. Your problem is learning to wait on me. Mm. And uh, if you pass that test, if you pass that test, I'll take you further than you ever dreamed. And he has. Mm. And he did. And a boy that took speech therapy until junior high because he was paralyzed as a kid and was a lisper. And God's sense of humor. My brother Paul said, God must have a great sense of humor to want you to speak. And all to the glory of God. Another Moses. Another Moses. And uh, I don't care if there's errands around. I still get to carry a rod. <laughs> and, and and the voice continues on, and we are so grateful for that. It, You know, it really is uh, amazing to stop and consider how God will use us if we but yield ourselves to him. Oh, my. And a lot of that is, is wrapped up in this four points here that you've you've laid out for us here this evening. Um, it's, it's just making yourself available, isn't it? Well, I, I think, uh, as you and I were talking about, what, what motivates you to do whatever you do? Oh, you're jumping the gun. Okay. <laughs> and and you can maybe lead it on the way you were thinking I, about well, that. Well, no, you, you, you've already opened the door. I'm not going to close that box. Well, you, you go on it. it that's, there is. That's the heart of all this is the motivation. It's not pragmatism. No, no. And I, I hear the a man who says in the Greek language, I'm so low on the totem pole, I'm considered as an aborted fetus. 1 Corinthians 15, 8 through 10. And when he said of himself, I was born out of due season. I was like a woman having a miscarriage. Right. I, I, I was the matter that was just, that's how low to think of a trained rabbi putting himself that low. You can't get much lower. The other word he uses that I always love is hooperetes. Third level galley slave. Yes, sir. I, I love that. I'm an under rower. Chapter four. Oh. First Corinthians four one. Yeah. That's where he starts. Yeah. And, but he says, you know what? He said, I may be the lowest you can get in estimation, but because of his grace, I slept more than you all. Oh, oh, I I criticize more than you all. I worked more than you all. I outworked you. And I tell you, I would love to catch a Christian today sweating for something besides money. Yeah. You know, I think of the story in Luke 12 that uh, Jesus got caught in a, a discussion that a guy sets up the scenario uh, of the dividing of an estate. And Jesus said, hey, I didn't come to earth to be an arbitrator of family disputes over the will. But then he started telling, he said, there was a man that he planned well. He planned for a good retirement. Matter of fact, he prospered so well that they had a barn dedication. And he had so much surplus in his 401k and his IRA and this and that. And uh, guess what? That night, God said, Oh, you successful farmer businessman, uh, I want you to come before me as all men will face me 
and give an account. Uh, preachers will and bartenders will. Uh, good women, bad women, good men, bad. Uh, you're not going to escape the judgment. You're no. not. No. And, and it's going to say uh, you had time for this, time for this, time for that. And I see here you're not in my word. Well, you you didn't even have time for my son. And that just only took permission. Yeah. Would you please let him in? And he said, then who gets all that you worked for? And uh, I tell you, I, I was just with a son-in-law who is a hospice nurse. Last Friday night, he was called out, and we tried to watch the 49ers. <laughs> and uh, back there, it's late. Yes. He goes out. He comes back. I said, did he, did he make it? No, he died. What age? 61. Ah. And I said, it's too young. And whatever. And so you know what? Whether you know it or not, you're planning a life. Yeah. You're either planning to fail or you're planning to do things that would glorify God. Is God in your planning? Yeah. Is God in the priority? And, you know, you, you, you quote Luke, uh, and, and I'm, I'm reminded of, you know, one of our heroes of the faith, Martin Lloyd-Jones. He said, you know, so often we listen to pastors who will, who will interpret that as God going, you fool. And he said, no, it, it, it's a brokenhearted God going, oh, fool. Mm. Mm. What we are talking about here tonight, what Pastor Phil is talking about tonight, is a spiritual success that we long for mm. in each and every one of you who are listening tonight. Uh, this isn't, we're not trying to shove down your throat some kind of uh, do and don't lifestyle. Uh, and, and we'll talk about this more on the other side of the break. But is that motivation a motivation that is born out of a deep love for Christ? And what I mean by that is, um, you know, the, the, the things the things I do for my wife, the things you do for your wife, Carolyn, um, we do them out of love. We do them because we delight in our wife. Yes. Is that the same heart that we take to our lives that we profess in Christ? If not, how do we get there? How do we get there? And we'll spend the next few minutes here on Lifeline encouraging you down that road. This is our Friday night edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. Our fourth Friday of the month where we always get a chance to spend it with you and enjoy one another's company in the glory of Christ. And we'll continue that in just a moment. Right now we're off to take a break here on KFAX. And now, back to Lifeline. One of these days, I'm going to set up a separate microphone that will record the in-between breaks. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. I tell you, so, you know, uh, if you're listening tonight here on Lifeline, you're getting a great program tonight. Pastor Phil, and uh, we're just talking about Christ this evening and enjoying uh, the fellowship that we have in Christ. But, uh, you know... The, the in-between break times get pretty sweet as well. I, I think we need, you know what we should do is just record them and then create a, a separate podcast. It's like, it, it, you know, the, the, the Paul Harvey rest of the story. 
Well, we can't we can't hush up about it. Oh, I know. It just it. I I I really do apologize. I am sorry you are not privy to some of the conversations that we have while you're listening to the commercials because they, uh, it just it it fuels us up and keeps us going. Uh, it, it is Lifeline. Uh, Paul uh, Paul Phil Howard is uh, joining us here this evening, and we are just having a wonderful time talking about Christ. We were. Uh, we we left the break on the motivational side of all of this, uh, Phil. And really, that motivation, uh, as I was mentioning, it a lot like our relationships with our wives. I know I know the color my my wife's favorite color. I I know her favorite flower. I I know what kind of dress she prefers. Um, I, I, I've I've purpose. I, she she's the love of my life. She's the delight of my. She is the the one in whom I have uh, I, I love. Um, so it, it it's easy for me to learn, and it's it's that courtship, you know, especially that courtship time when we're just so enamored with that woman who's going to become our wife, and we we purpose to learn everything we can about her. And this is it's the best illustration I can come up with to describe this motivation. Is this the same heart that you have for Christ? Is he the lover of your soul? Is he the the elder brother that you delight in? And really, at the end of the day, how we approach the word of God and what it is, where, are we looking for an answer for the moment or are we looking at a savior for a lifetime? Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that if you find the savior of a lifetime, you will find your answer for the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is that who you look for? Is It's not what, it's who. Are you looking for Christ when you go to the Word of God? They say prayer works. Is it prayer that works, or is it the God that you've talked to that is working? Mm. There's subtle differences, but they make all the difference in the world, don't they? Yes, well, uh, you sure hate to call it work uh, to think, <laughs> well... Uh, I dated my wife. Let's say I, I was dating her for two years, and uh, to turn that into work, oh. all this time I wasted over there, taking her out. And in that, in those days, our motto was, "You, you, you get a Big Mac if I get a big smack." <laughs> you know, uh, real romantic when you're 19 with about five bucks. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so. Uh, to think that was work, that was what you were living for, because you've been captured. Uh, you know what? His commandments are not burdensome, and uh, Christianity is not Old Testament law. Uh, if you have to, don't. You will have to, to. You know, it'd be like me telling you, you have to breathe. No, I don't. You can't make me. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, and it's just... To spiritually breathe and to see a, uh, a non-sick child of God spiritually because they're not getting enough sunshine. They're not getting enough exposure to the sun. Yeah. Uh, that That's what we want because uh, uh, to, to beat up a defeated Christian is no pleasure. No. You're wanting to say... Uh, the doctrines of grace, I think that's something uh, we claim to be people who uh, teach the doctrines of grace because the New Testament's full of it. Yeah. Uh, is that 
This grace of God is a teacher, and you can't get enough of grace. No. And uh, it's not just some uh, rabbit's foot or some little uh, label on, I'm a grace man. Well, I've met a lot of grace men that weren't graces. Uh, their temperament seemed to be unchanged. But when you feed on his word and you're at his feet, uh, once again, it won't happen. I was just talking like this. Show me how. How did you guys get there? What, what's the way? I This simple way, what do you want to do? Yeah. Now, if you don't love him, it'd be hard for me to get you to pursue someone you don't love exactly. and don't know. Yeah. But if you're his child. Now, let's talk to that man or woman. You say, I'm aimless. Uh, I, I don't know why I exist. I have no sense of purpose. This is why we would love for you to come and put your trust in Jesus Christ. And in that, your maker, your creator God, will begin to reveal how he loved you from eternity past Mm -hmm. and how that he's interested in you so much. My mother loved me. And she used to wash my hair with a bar of soap and hard, not shampoo, a bar of soap. Uh, but she never numbered the hairs of my head. Yeah. My God has done that. And we've got a generation wandering aimlessly, hanging out anywhere, just don't want to hang out. And loneliness and isolation has captured the oh. culture. Give me a, a screen and I don't need you. I'll either play video games, I'll watch porn, uh, I'll watch whatever. I don't need you. I've learned to live without people, but I live worthless. Inside, I'm dying. This is why the gospel is God saying, I want you to discover the meaning for why I created you, Mm. the meaning for what, what God wants to do with you. And I'd say, Mr., young lady, no matter who you are, God loves you enough that he made a purpose from eternity. I will not let my son die in vain. I am going to save and I am going to change sinners into the likeness of my son and make them enjoy him more than they love their sin, their isolation, their frustration, and their bad circumstances. It's coming to Christ that will give you meaning, purpose, and uh, all that you knew him, all that you would want him. And we're trusting the Spirit of God to create that appetite in you. Mm. And you will not be disappointed. There is a feast, a feast awaiting you if you'll only come to his table. We call it prayer, meeting with God's people reading his words to you. You know, my dad was a man that uh, told many stories. Uh, 1908, he was born. I mean, his people grew up around Jesse James. They lived in a place called Hell's Bend, Oklahoma, where Texas outlaws ran to when they were in pursuit because Oklahoma was not a state. Right. It's only where Indians and outlaws hung out. And that's where my father was born and raised. Mean people, tough people. and uh, But being verbal, 
And I'm out of all the kids, I probably quote him more than any. But to think that God said, I'm going to see, and I give you 66 books that will take you probably a year to read everything I've got to say to you. He's not a quiet, passive God. I want to show you myself. I want to show you myself. Yeah. And you, the word, you go there and say, this is the God I serve. Because oh. if you create a God, the God you create cannot save you. <laughs> he might give you everything you want for the moment and become your therapist. But the God in charge of heaven and hell, you can't make or get rid of. Oh. And he says, I want you to know me. And so you'll find out why I live. Ah, set some priorities. I can't do everything. I can't play in the NBA. But that wasn't what God's will for me anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I can schedule. And I'm not afraid for him to say, by the way, the schedule says you've been appointed to die tonight. Yeah. And you say, right on time. Oh. Appointed to die Instead of going kicking and screaming into eternity, we say, Father, we're right on schedule, aren't we? I've been planning my life around you all these years. Let's get on with it. Like Simeon, you dismiss your servant in peace. You dismiss your servant. Hallelujah. We might get happy about this. Well, let's get happy during the break, shall we? Okay. And 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 give give another three minutes to where folks can uh, can wonder what we've been talking about. We'll take a quick time out. This is KFAX Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. We'll be back right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard joining us here tonight on Lifeline. It is our fourth Friday of the month. A chance for us to sit down and just uh, gossip Jesus. And talk about the lover of our soul. Uh, some of the promises, you know, as I was listening to you talk, Pastor Phil, some of the promises that we have, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Oh, my. Uh, uh, you're mine and I am yours. Um, Zephaniah, I've sung over you. Oh. Chapter you, 3, I sing you, over you. You look at the deep, deep love of God in Christ, and you can't help but get enamored over this one who has loved me so. So, um, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've used the illustration in the past. Uh, a friend of mine, this would have been uh, in the early 80s now, we were rafting down the Rogue River out of southern Oregon. And it was me and a couple of my cousins and, and this friend of mine. And we had two rafts and my cousin and their kids. And we were having a blast. It, you know, you got some white water. It's a perfect time to raft. And at one point, we go down in and we come up. And my cousin and me and this friend of mine were in our raft. And we came up and it capsized. And it, it, we lost everything. Everything, you know, it turned us over. And we're we're in the water. We're in the drink. And my cousin and I are laughing up a storm. This is just a hoot and a half. And my buddy's going, hey, grab my hand, grab my hand. So I say, oh, yeah, 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 sure. And I reach over and I grab his hand. And I'm not really looking at him. And I feel this vice just grip. Uh, it's like, oh, you've got my attention now. What are you holding on to me like that for? And he's looking at me. And for the first time, I get a look into his eyes. And he is just fear-ridden. He can't swim. I just like... What are, you, what are you doing with us? We're on a rafting trip, and you didn't think to tell us you can't swim? Great, you know? This is crazy. Uh, from that time forward, he would have given me the shirt off his back, 
whatever I, he thought I saved his life. <laughs> and his he lived his life as if I did. And I was his best friend, and we were great friends anyway, and I kind of brushed it off more often than not. But this guy would just, he, what, you know, what do you want? What do you need? What can I, how can I, what do you, he couldn't do enough to give thanks to me for saving his life. Oh, I must tell you, uh, if you make it a priority, we've been talking about the Word of God uh, being in your schedule and in your plan. Uh, let me tell you a story from my dad that will apply to that. Uh, my, I, I told you how my dad used to always give kids money. Yeah. Okay. Well, my dad, uh, uh, the depression, whatever, brought him as it did many other Texans, Arkansas people to the West Coast. Had a sister out here. He got to working on the Fryant Dam. It's right outside of Fresno. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, right out of Clovis, Fryant. Well, he's working on that. Some days in the key, when they cut that, he was called a dynamite monkey. Put a rope around him, drill the dynamite hole, load it with powder, light that fuse, and get off that hill before it blows up. Well, and and he was. We got pictures of him in 105 degree weather, salt all over him because he had to do that to make it. Make in a day in those days he might make seven bucks, yeah. maybe dollar. Well, he was teaching a boys class in this little church out in Fryin, and he challenged them to memorize 23rd Psalm, and in, this is a, in the 20s, and he says. The prize is five bucks if you get quoted oh without, st- without stumbling. You've got to be perfect. You get it. Well, uh, he, he did, and there's this boy, let's, we'll call him Jim. Jim was the only taker in the class. And first try, didn't have it down. Second try. About the third or fourth try, Jim's up there, and it's almost the kids are laughing because he, he's up every week. He wants that five. Yeah. And so finally quoted it perfect. Got it just great. Well, uh, th- time went on, his 20s, 30s. War years took my folks to the Bay Area, Alameda, and then they, Richmond to work in the shipyards. War effort. Mother's a welder. Dad becomes a rigger. We're living in government housing in Richmond, right at the base of this uh, uh, shipbuilding, Victory Ships, right there. One night, uh, maybe 46, 47, uh, there's a knock at the door, and my brother Paul took it, and I get this. He wrote the story. He goes there. And here's a fully decked out Marine just to the hill. And he said, is there a Mr. Howard here? <laughs> and so my dad was in the kitchen, whatever. That's where I always read his Bible. So he went and got my dad. My dad came and said, yes, sir. Is there anything we can do for you? He said, uh, well, Mr. Howard, I'm Jimmy. Mm. I'm the boy you taught at Friant. I'm the boy that uh, won the $5. Mm-hmm. And my dad says, 
I'm thrilled to see you. He said, I want to tell you, many a night on the beaches of the Pacific under gunfire, I quoted, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He said, you did one of the greatest favors I've ever had in my life. You got enough scripture in my heart that when machine gun fire was blowing my friends' heads off and when we were dying like flies on those beaches, he said, mm. I remember a man back in Fryant who said, I'll give you five bucks mm. if you can get this promise in your heart. I just had to look you up and thank you. I survived the war mm. and I'm home. And... Uh, well, imagine. So, Jimmy, um, this friend of mine, those are two illustrations of many that we could probably lay out in front of you that should illustrate the longing and desire we have for Christ because he saved us. He's the one who held out a hand that you could grip. Oh, yes. He's the one who held out the five bucks for you to memorize his word. He's the one who goes to the cross to say, I'll pay the price for your sin. Mm. He's the one who is raised again on the third day yes. to say, I, am, I, I, I have sufficiently paid the price. You, it's all done and done. And, and he's the God who said, I will reward anybody mm. that tries to look me up. Hebrews eleven six. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently, who diligently seek him. And the word there means to pay a wage. I'll give you a wage if you look me up. I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's why my kids look me up. They want the five bucks. <laughs> but you see, that, 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 that's the, at the end of the day, this, yes. is, this is who we serve. This is the God we've been talking about for the last hour and 40 minutes or so. Yes, sir. This is the lover of our souls, the elder brother of our life. This is the one who said, I have gone before you to prepare a place for you. Mm. This is the one who said, I will bring you back and you will live with me for eternity. This is the one who said, I have prepared a place for you. It is our elder brother who loves us with an everlasting love who has said, you will be mine and I will be yours. This is who we are talking yes. about tonight. This is the one who has captivated your heart, Phil. Yes. The one who has captivated my heart. The one who has captivated your heart, Chuck. Yes. And if you're listening to us tonight and a believer in Christ, he is the same God who has captivated your soul. Oh, he yes. has held you captive and at ransom. He has gotten you with an everlasting love, and you oh, are my. his and always will be. Always will be. We want to be the church of the burning heart. Burning heart. Oh. Uh, God forbid I had to. Pl- I'm so glad for the people he saved me among that it didn't mm-hmm. teach me to play church on Sunday and look pompous. And I never let anybody call me reverend, any of that stuff. I was one of the redeemed brothers. Mm. And, and I despised politics because I came from Irish blue collar South Richmond, rough and tumble roots, and said, all of a sudden, a king made me a son, mm. and, and and it's too hard to serve. Yeah. Are you kidding? No. He he is the wonder of our soul. We just give you some practical how-to things to where does he fit in your schedule? Where does he fit in your... Pro- That's the issue. Uh, am I the Lord of your life? I often thought, 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I'll add all the rest. And I've often said, when God's our priority, we'll have his peace, his provision, and his power. All he wants to be is first. We always want peace of God. And you can only get it once you've got peace with him. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. God. You get the peace with God, and like you said, all these other things will be added. And that you. with God, you gotta you gotta visit a, a place called Calvary, yes, where He paid for your sin. Now you gotta hang out with Him to have the peace of God. This is the one who has uh, paid the price for all of your sinfulness, all of your sin-ridden soul. How can you love Him any less? Oh, he and is... see your friend. Because you had proximity, yeah. The reach it just took a reach, yeah. And I think of good old uh, Michelangelo and that scene in the yes. Sistine Chapel, yeah. the hands reaching. And I, I tell you, to hang out and not be running. Most people, I probably spend most of their time running from God, as Adam and Eve did. Yes. And and the only place that when I was going to get a spanking, the only safe place was getting closer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you we've got to get... we've got to act we've got to act like those lepers when the Midianites are ready to pounce on on Israel and just say, look, hey, we're, we're going to die either way, so let's go see if they got food. You know, oh boy, yeah, amen. Uh, you're going to die either way. Go to God. Go to God. Find life. We need to take another time out. It's our last one of the show tonight, and we'll come back and wrap things up here on Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard as Lifeline continues right now. We're on a break here on KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. And welcome back. It is uh, our final segment here on Lifeline tonight, and boy, what a treat it's been. It's uh, been a couple of months since you and I have been able to get together, brother, and just sit here and talk about Jesus and have devotions, have devotions, man, (laughs) have church is what we've been doing, man. Yeah. (laughs) We're just having church up in here and it's just been a real joy and a treat. So, uh, the last few minutes we've got here, uh, let's just wrap it up with some final thoughts on Christ and, and tie all this together. If you can, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. It's obviously not the sufferings of the cross, but the sufferings he goes through in caring for his people. By the way, I just read something recently that gave the difference between Christ as our intercessor and Christ as our advocate. As an intercessor, he stands between us and the Father. And he's the one that is interceding to the Father on behalf. And he said he does this continuously, Hebrews 7.25. He's not always my advocate. He's not always, because when he's an advocate, the word is from the Greek word paraclete, parakletos, is the noun, and parakaleo is the verb. Uh, but to be an advocate, he's not interceding to the Father. He's standing with the condemned. 
He is standing with the saint that has sinned. He said, I'll only step on your side when you've sinned. I will not intercede. I will advocate. Right. And, uh, and you say, well, Jesus, what could you do? How could you stand with an Andy Froyland when he sinned? Are, are you standing there to justify him? No, I'm there to remind the Father to see the propitiation, to see the sacrifice I paid to keep him in good status with the Father. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what? Someone told me in the Old Testament when they built the mercy seat, God told Moses, my eyes will always be on the mercy seat where the blood is shed, not on the sinner, but on the sacrifice. And just think, I want to know you, Jesus. Even in the sufferings of what you went through to keep me saved, that I do sin as a Christian. I sin as a pastor. Oh, oh, how many times I've disappointed him. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And, and I think, I want to know this God. And he goes on to say, not that I've already obtained I must say to to you, dear listener, I have to make my plans of fresh objectives. I'm a man that has known Christ for 63 years. I've known him all my life because I was blessed, cursed, to be born around some saved people (laughs) that could spank me, feed me, and make me go to church until God saved me. Some people said, I don't want to go to church. My folks made me go. Well, did they ever make you brush your teeth? Do you still brush teeth? You know, there's some things you need to be made to go. That's why my mother, when I was taking a bath, I played with the toys until she came in. And she checked those ears, checked that hair. Oh, my. She was like a scrub woman. She said, oh, no, you're going to be clean. And uh, I said, I don't want to be clean. I'm going to play with the boats. <laughs> and, but not that I've already obtained or already arrived, but I press on to take hold of that from which Jesus Christ took hold of me. The greatest thing that's ever happened to us men is that Jesus took hold of us. Mm. It's a beautiful thing that in the Old Testament, the prophet uh, Haggai, he asked the question, if a clean thing touches an unclean thing, can it make it clean? And they said, oh, no. You only soil the clean. Because mm-hmm. he then asked, can an unclean thing make a clean thing dirty? They said, oh, absolutely. And guess what? Messiah came among us. And, and the Pharisee stayed shocked. He touched the leper. And according to Haggai, you can't do that. <laughs> if you touched a, a dead parent, for the you just became unclean. Messiah shows up and says, nothing unclean can dirty me. Mm. Uh, oh, you're a fallen woman that I met by the well. I don't care if no one in town comes. The God of all history, the God that Abraham longs to see, he's come to Samaria. He, he scheduled it. 
He scheduled it in his objectives in eternity. I can touch you, lady. You can't soil me. You've been with seven men, but the true man, the son of man, according to Daniel 7, he's come to see you. I come to make you clean. So we've got a God that even saves sinners like us. He wants a sinner. You can't get so dirty that you would soil him. Jesus paid it all. It doesn't get any better than that. That is... uh... That's pretty much what we've been talking about here this evening. At the end, of it's the day, what we're about. It's who we are. It's what we do. It's what we're about. It's it's what we've been uh, created for, Amen. and we've Amen. been redeemed, <laughs> and we've been re- and it is a, a life we long to live, desire to live, and delight in living. Oh yes. And yes. we uh, we trust and pray that that is your desire as well tonight. I pray that our time together this evening is. Uh, is giving you some food for thought, pause to consider. And, uh, man, uh, visit us online. If you want to know more or if you'd like to talk with somebody, truthfortodayradio.org, a great place to start. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Stop by, pay us a visit, leave us an email, drop us a note. Uh, The phone number is there. You can call us. We'd love to talk with you, especially if you have a desire to know this Christ we have been talking about. That is our goal here at the radio station and at Truth For Today. We are out of time. I do thank you for spending time with us here tonight, and we look forward to seeing you next month when we'll do it all over again. In the meantime, we're back with Craig Roberts and everybody else here at KFAX, and we trust that uh, you have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Until then, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.